This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boy came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd. And with me, I have Rich Lotta. What is going on, man? Not much, man. Watching people make jokes about Nancy Reagan shooting it. Yeah, that, that's that's been a that's been a thing. Apparently, <laughs> um, I explained all this to Catherine today. A, apparently, she was a full throated force out there in in L.A. Yes, amongst yes. that scene. Uh, allegedly, let's say allegedly, let's say allegedly, yeah. allegedly um, putting uh, them down for the count. Y- yeah, um, yeah, verbally or yeah. not not verbally, but you know, close. Um, uh, that's an entirely different hole, but <laughs> pipe, that's a different pipe. Um, yo, um, she, she's been dead for how long and we did her like this? Yo, um, really, really don't care. Like- that's, not the, that's not the point. I'm just saying like, normally we have a bit of reserve when it comes to the dead we ain't give a damn about none of them Reagan's nope. death. We just, we just drop we bows on them. Drop bows on them. <laughs> just, just. Yes. You know, people was sending out pictures of Mr. T. Uh, Gary Barack Coleman. Obama, Gary Coleman. Um, just just every meme under the sun. I, I had a great time over the weekend sending all those to the group chats. Terrible. Yes, yeah. throat goat. Yeah. Someone said apparently called her throatus. Oh my fucking god! I yes. I, I almost threw my fucking phone out the window. <laughs> throatus, yo, that's so disrespectful. That's so disrespectful. Like we we we, we had it. What did, what did she do wrong to deserve this in death? You know, it, it ain't about what you do. Sometimes, <laughs> just, just about what comes to you. Well, well, you know what it really is. Fuck is this really fuck her husband and and fuck you know the policies they stood for and where we are now as a part of Reaganomics and in in uh the war on drugs and all that kind of stuff. I absolutely understand that. Uh, I just say, damn, like we really we 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 really like uh retrospectively slut shame this woman. To t- yes, <laughs> I would say yeah. to death, but she's already dead. Um. So, where do you want to go from here? Uh, Jeff from, Hardy. Uh, from, uh, leaving from. Okay, so we'll go. For, we'll go from Throtus to Jeff Hardy. 
Um, yeah, man. So crazy, or I don't know if it's crazy, but not crazy at a, all. A, a wild. I'm going to stop putting the descriptive on this. The story is uh, on house shows over the last week or so. There was a house show where Jeff Hardy was in it, was getting uh, heat put on him in a hot tag. He tagged out, and then he didn't get back on the apron. I think it was a trios match. He didn't get back on the apron. He just like walked into the crowd uh, from the ringside, and he never came back. Um, people were worried about that at first, and then. A couple days later, we find out that uh, he was released, and the story is that they wanted him to um, go to rehab. He said no. Um, No, no, no. Yeah, and they released him. Um, So, there's a lot of stuff to wonder about as far as, like, can you go, like... Is that a releasable offense for suspicion of whatever? What did they know? What do we know? What do we not know? You know, does he need to be does he need to be tested first before any of that stuff or whatever they think he needs to go to rehab for? Given the history with with pills and and recreational drugs and alcohol, what does he like? What was any of this? Is any of this like seem like procedural or? legal or ethical or just like hey you have this history so therefore were there because there was smoke years ago there were smoke now so no one knows um but <sighs> then i said i had a thought when this news was coming out that he was released because a lot of people were shot on, by you, and people then a lot of people were really concerned before yeah, you get to that <clears throat> the initial thought when we when i first saw this i, I want to do this in order okay so it was like huh jeff hardy got released huh like Damn, that's that's odd. You know, something must have really went wrong, like at that house show or whatever. But then I was like, man, I, I kept seeing everyone talking about how, how sorry they felt for Jeff Hardy, how, you know, they just hope he gets the help he needs and all this other stuff. Oh, and shit. like, Here, I see where this is going. I was just I just started thinking about it. Right. And I'm like. Part of Jeff Hardy experience is the drugs. And. We could beat around the bush. We could we could not acknowledge that, but that's what it is. And also, some people like to do drugs. So, some people, some people, he may he may enjoy himself off the drugs or whatever he's all off the drink. You know that like that's not like like I feel like I don't need to extend extra sorrow for this. Like when this man has like displayed like a. He performs either better under such circumstances at times, or like you know, it's it's just um, it, it was just strange like seeing all of it because I feel like Jeff Hardy has been ridiculously over all this year, and I just like couldn't figure out why, and it was just like, oh, it's like he was he was over way above his push. They don't treat him like Randy Orton. They don't um. You know, like he's a a legacy act, but like they they don't treat him in the way that they treat, you know, others. And I didn't necessarily feel sorry for Jeff Hardy because it's like. This is what Jeff Hardy is. Yeah, it may it may sound cold, it may sound callous, it's like, I don't know if it's cold, I just think it's um. 
I think that for a lot of people, they're not they're not at that space to say that like Jeff Hardy, um, is that that's it, I wouldn't say unredeemable. That's not the right phrase. Uh, I I think a lot of people like hope for the best for him and for his health and think that like he's done some things that have been destructive. Therefore, they kind of they they want him to try to skirt that off in like regardless of um whether or not he wants to use recreational drugs like that's all fine and dandy until you've gotten behind the wheel like he has in the past so like i'm with you up to that point because i feel like you got to put the gigantic disclaimer on the part where it's like hey if you want to shoot yourself to the moon by all means but <laughs> some don't, people enjoy but it. But don't get your ass behind no wheel. Don't operate no machinery with your dumb ass. And I have to you have to say that and I feel like you have to say that with him because he's done it before. If he was if he if he had if he had um a situation where like he, we know he's a he you know he's a hard partier, right? But he's Demon. never but it's never affected his work and it's never affected um making dates, it has never affected uh being on the road behind a wheel then i'd be like I, there, there's really no story here i'm with you but like i feel like that disclaimer has to be put there for sure um yeah. so just, yeah i'm, just, I'm a little no, so i have to so don't like dry drunk like just, yeah just don't don't, dry, don't operate machinery yeah and then you know there's obviously the parallels like well what happened with jimmy Uso, you know and you know different stuff like that and um i don't know but then you like I hadn't even considered what you uh, brought like to the table, and then I was well, like, "Oh!" And then I kept seeing further evidence throughout the week. That well, was, well, like, let's get to well, let's going get to on here. Well, let's get to what I what I had a thought of the possibility, like because I'm not ruling anything out because these are carnies, right? That have been wrestling for yes workers thirty some years, uh, or about thirty years. My thought was well. All they ever do when he's in WWE is like talk about how he is slash was a fuck up uh, via his substance issues. I'm sure that's not fun to do that over and over and over and over. Um, as you mentioned, he's always more over than his push. Um, he's still a really he's still a good wrestler that can have very good matches. His brother is in AEW happy by all you know like if he were to ask for his release they would tell him fuck no um meaning jeff yeah jeff um if one were like and i'm not saying this a machiavellian pot because there's nothing about jeff hardy that that says like anything (laughs) has been thought of in advance um (laughs) however like it may have been a point where like this is falling this fell into his lap where it's like hey I want out, regardless of whether or not he's been drinking or out or know that he's been drinking or out or doing whatever. I have no idea. But I want out. They come uh, they come to him. And this, I mean, this would kind of be similar to the CM Punk thing where like they wanted him to take a drug test. Where it's mm-hmm. like, I want out of here anyway. This is the last straw. No, I'm not taking your drug test. No, I'm not going to rehab. Um, they release him. He has 90-day... Um, no compete clause in his contract. Well, 
if you were to take a a 12 week a rehab program that's 84 days and like that's and I'm, I'm not gonna say nothing else from there i'm just saying like 90 days sit out 84 days to, to finish rehab i'm not saying i'm not saying how it's, it's a gigantic great scheme i'm saying that this is this is something that has opportunity to fall into place that's all i'm saying well, That's all I'm we're, saying. Talk, we're, we're talking about the individuals that are involved. Matt Hardy, the ultimate carney, uh, Jeff, probably not far behind old school workers. These guys, um, it is not outside the realm of possibility that Jeff Hardy finesse WWE into releasing him. Um, after, you know, either a being offended that you know he was asked to take some kind of test and he, or enter a rehab he was like no i don't need that or you know basically like a release under uh weird circumstances let's just say that if, if he, he did this he's automatically going on finesse of the year i'm tempted to award him finesse of the year like immediately <sighs> And with with no vote, like <laughs> if he did this to, to link up with his brother, and then Matt is is on Twitter talking about you know my brother's in the best shape of his career. I love my brother, tweeting out old videos of the Hardy Boys and everything like that. And I'm like, I know I am not seeing what I'm seeing after this theory has been brought to me. I like I know like, and then Matt Hardy's going on Twitch talking about Jeff and all this stuff, and it's like. Oh my God! I can't believe this. And then, you know, we've seen people do things to be released from contracts before, but um, how hard would this have been for Jeff to pull off? Not very. Yeah, given his track record, all it would take, honestly, is like one one act of erratic behavior, and then like saying, "No, I don't want to. I don't want to go to rehab or take a drug test." That's all it would take. I'm not saying this did happen. I'm just saying, like, Occam's Razor, like, if like, one like, were to try to get out this way for him, he could get out that way. Um, if he didn't show his hand or saying, or show any, like, this kid, like, he really wants to get the fuck out of WWE, yeah, this this could be how he, you know. And I think Suit Williams brought up a uh, great point. Shout out to Suit on Twitter. Is like, well, if he did this, right, in any other company, that would be like a, a sign of like, hey, you can't trust this dude. Right. You can't do. I'm not saying this is like, a positive. Right. Like you can't like, you know, rely on him. Like this is bullshit. Like right. stuff like that. But since it's happened in the WWE, like fuck him. Like I don't like, I don't feel sorry for, for, for my, WWE in these here's, situations. Here, here's my thing, right? I don't want this to actually be true. And I say no, all honestly, because like. One, I don't want him in AEW. I don't want Jeff Hardy in Matt. I don't want Matt Hardy having more screen time than he already has in AEW. <laughs> and then if Jeff Hardy shows up, they're going to get more. So, like from just selfishly, um, from beware my beware of the Matt Hardy face turn coming. Oh God, everyone, please beware of it because so, the second he gets super kicked by the Bucks, y'all will already know. So, honestly, like from just selfishly. Like, for my own view and interest, like, I do not want Team Extreme back together on any American professional wrestling that I watch. Just don't. Or Japanese professional wrestling that I watch. Let's, let's, let's be, let's be, be precise. I don't want to watch, I don't want to watch whatever federation they're actually in together. Um, and also, like, that, that trip from 
he may or may not there may or not he may or may not be in a right state of mind or healthy to be uh on the road doing professional wrestling. Like to go from that big question to he just gonna go from this one promotion that, that to the next one like it ain't nothing. I'm not exactly cool with that either. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm not saying this like yeah I want it to happen. No, I don't. I, in fact, I quite frankly do not want it to happen at all. I want I, if if I had my way, he would stay as S in a in WWE forever. But, um, that's not where we are today. So, um. I'm just saying, like, you don't, do not uh, write out the possibility that these elements were put in place for the table uh, to, or sorry, for the road to be paved towards this happening. That's all I'm saying. And even if it's not exactly 90 days on the dot when he comes comes to AEW, or if he comes to AEW, like, do we think that he won't eventually be there now that he's out of WWE? Like it's, I feel like it's a it's a countdown clock at this point. Right, whether it's ninety days or six months. Right, and um, you know, maybe maybe WWE should should have not poured um liquor all over this man. Maybe they should not have simulated a car crash, um, due to drunken driving. Maybe WWE shouldn't have just completely exploited this man's issues for years and years and years. I'm talking decades at this point. Um, and keep in mind, like, they've done this before to a lot of people. Like, they did this to Animal. Yeah. They did this to or Tim. Hawk. Yeah. Or Hawk. Yeah. They did this to, um, they also did this to Tim. Was it Tim White, the ref? Yes. Yeah. The, 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 like, they had him doing semicide, or semicide, my lord. They had him doing suicide skits. And then lo and behold, how did he die? But he took his own life. Like this isn't this isn't the place that uh, that you can just like say um, is above. And then reproach they try to cover their ass with like, oh, we'll pay for the rehab, we'll pay for you know and, all this stuff, and that's, and that's like, nice, and that and that's nice. However, like you're you have these people. This is the case for any wrestling, but especially WWE wrestling, you have these people on the road all the time wrestling more matches than they probably need to be wrestling, going all around the world in short supply, not home enough to even recharge themselves. Like, every who who has been around? Um, let's take injuries aside. Well, let's actually include injuries. Who has been around on this hamster wheel that doesn't eventually, like, Take a break via injury or mental, spiritual, emotional health or leaves the company eventually. It happens all the time. Um, I think that slowed down some because of the lack of, I mean, they're doing a lot less shows now and also the pandemic, but this is happening to everybody. So, um... JML said the Jake Roberts stuff comes to mind as well. Yeah, that's another one. So, um, I I uh, I hope this is a moment for them to kind of you know take a step back and look at you know what they are as a business in 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 like is this good for business that like people that they have around like lifers like him like when you think of Jeff Hardy you you mainly think of WWE. Like, you have someone like that, and they can be in his way. And, like, 
That goes for the entire era he was in. All them dudes were on that shit. Think how many people that he was on those rosters with that are fucking dead already. Right, and they were all older than him. Like he right. was like the young guy then. So it's like I, I think uh, X Pac had said something like, you know, maybe it wasn't a good idea for uh, the agents to be encouraging them to jump off the arena, literally. Um, you know, and all this stuff where he's addicted to pain pills by the time he's twenty five years old. Some of that's a function of wrestling, but then some of it's like some of the extra stuff that you know that that Jeff did. I remember being a like you know like a ten, twelve year old and just seeing Jeff Hardy and that shit was just like bro that shit was like an out of body experience like wa- watching like as a kid then like seeing he'll jump off fucking anything the you know the fucking hands the the, the fucking the sleeves and like the, the swanton like that shit was like that shit was real like and then he's still going now so um don't forget the Jinko jeans yes yes the jeans and you know all that so the rash guard um, yeah, yeah, you know. So we'll see what happens with Jeff. So, um, you know, have your fun, Jeff. Whatever you're doing, I don't even know what to say to you after that. Like, where do we go from here? Um, uh, speaking of another man who may have been finessing uh, this whole time, uh, Johnny Gargano. Um, uh, so Johnny Gargano hit free agency uh wednesday or thursday something like that um he of course cut a promo on nxt kind of left it vague in the air before getting um jumped on by uh grayson waller grayson waller whooped his ass put him through a table and literally minutes later uh johnny gargano is posing for pictures with kyle o'reilly uh you know smiling Shawn michaels is coming out there with his hand on candace ray's belly Chompa and him are sitting in the middle of the ring. They're completely undoing this fucking angle. Uh, and then when I saw that shit coming out, I was like, oh, he, he's the fuck out of here, Chief. And then uh, less than, what, 30 hours later, maybe? Nah, like, like 12 hours later. Like, like this man, Johnny Gargano, started, started going on Twitter and like, oh, yeah, check this out. Got these new designs here, four of them. Pro wrestling tees. Oh yeah. Um, by the way, got this here Twitch about to start up. So, <laughs> um, bet on yourself. <laughs> yes, yes. That that's the main thing, right? So his <laughs> promo his files are ready. Yes, his yes, promo so- on Tuesday. Uh, I I was busy. I was planning on watching NXT to get to his promo. I didn't know they were going to put him on an overrun, but. Um, I slipped my mind. I got busy, and then next thing I looked up, I was like, "Oh shit! It's like nine fifty-five. I guess I missed it. Let me see what happens." Because in my whole thing, when I last week when we did the show, I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna tune in, and I and what I want to know or what I want to see by the time he's done, I want to see a promo where he where where he says I'm gone or goodbye, and then he gets laid the fuck out, so I know he's gone. I want to know. So I look on Twitter, and I'm like. Damn, I don't see none. I don't see none. I don't see none. I thought to myself, they did a fucking overrun, didn't they? Go to USA Network, click over in the middle of the promo. Um, and uh, yeah, he's cutting his promo. And there's people in the in the uh, in the building crying. And then um, he is laid out, as you said. And I was and I literally I didn't even get a chance to hear the whole promo, so I went back and watched it uh yesterday. But but like I wasn't minding that because like the second he got his ass laid out, I was like, "Yes, get him the fuck out of here! He's gone. I do- he's gone. 
He's gone. So then my question was, does this mean the main roster? What does it mean? And then literally, like, you know, the next day, oh, as mentioned, pro wrestling. Speaking of that, let me hold on. Um, pro wrestling tease. All right. So um, the second that he says that, or he puts that up on Twitter, I'm like, okay, he got new designs, pro wrestling tees, maybe, you know, let's see. And the next thing I know, a couple hours later, he comes back and he's like, I have a twitch. I'm like, he's the fuck out of there. And he's not coming back. Um, I'm very happy. This is exactly what I wanted. I don't know where he's going to go. I have some assumptions like everyone else does. But the main thing is Johnny Gargano is out of uh, WWE. And it looks like he will then continue his pro wrestling career elsewhere. And I am I'm happy about that. Um, they're given where we are now with the, with the number of, um, people that WWE has released, the Indies have been replenished. Um, there is a lot of place for him to go and wrestle, um, from on a, from a date standpoint, if he just wants to do dates, um, there is, there's obviously that one place he can go where he could go out there and, and, you know, prove himself just like he's proved himself everywhere he's ever been and eventually have gotten himself to the top of whatever promotion he's been in, whether it was Evolve or um, Dragon Gate or NXT. So, yeah, like, I'm, I'm happy um, if he does end up going to Jacksonville. Like, I'm gonna, do we just start calling AEW Jacksonville like how, how uh, everyone call calls, used to call uh, WWE New York? Because I'm, I'm good with that. Shit, you might have had to call it Chicago. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> look, you might have to call it New York. Why you playing? You're stupid. <laughs> I'm not gonna go full mass caster with you. You stop this right now. But um, that's yeah, man, look, like that's one I, of the harder mass caster lines that there's ever been. And I don't know if people really got it. I don't know, but um, yeah, I was just uh, I was just happy, and like you know, we'll see where this goes. But uh, yeah, he. He's out of there, and I'm I'm He's I'm very happy. Also, by the way, I don't know if y'all can tell. Like speaking of people that are out of there, I got my Kyrie Saint shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well bring that up too. <laughs> she she too is uh done with her contract with WWE. Uh, we talked about Kyrie last week and the speculation that after she you know took the WWE stuff off of her um, social media that like does that mean she's done with her contract now? We have official word she's gone. Like it was a great way. A great week for James Boy, like to have uh, a Kyle O'Reilly, a Johnny Gargano, a Kyrie Sane, three of the cornerstones of WWE NXT over the last um, three years, and they're all the fuck out of there, and they're and like some are bypassing the uh, the main roster completely. Uh, some have gone back home. I, I'm just I'm just very happy uh, to see that like these people have. Um, done what they've done and accomplished what they've accomplished and realized like I'm it is the best it's gonna get and instead of going through one of these horror stories or becoming complacent or whatever they have decided to go somewhere else and figure out however they want to do it and like the best to them and, the, and look into the ones that decided to stay and they want to go get Vince McMahon's money I'm not gonna look down on you go get that money I'm happy for you too whatever you choose to do I'm happy for but I will say this makes me happier. Like, I'm happy for Ricochet. If he left, I will be happier for him. That's I all I'm all, saying. Look, 
I'd like all the good wrestlers to leave. Let's leave um, the Miz and Roman Reigns and you know um, whoever else in WWE. Like, no, no, so. no, 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 no. If we want, if, look, if we if we want everyone to leave, that's good. You want Roman to leave too, but to Hollywood. <laughs> That's how you do that. Sasha, Roman, Becky. Everybody if you, if you want to leave, fine. T- go to Hollywood and go get your money Look. without throwing your head at the floor. I'll <clears throat> be happy for you. You know how many Rock movies? You know how much money The Rock has given to The Rock in the box office? I will give that same yeah. amount of money to y'all. Baron Corbin, he can stay. You know, we, we get Riddick Moss, a, a mega push. You know, a Ridge Holland, we can get him the WWE title. Like, you know, lead, keep all those guys like because like they um like and, and it shows a lot about like the NXT that, you know, we all loved from like, you know, 2014 to like 2019, that kind of like that five year period. Um, I, I was calling a lot of the problems in real time, talking about how their training school fucking sucks. And we're going to like roll that into like the NIL conversation um shortly. But this company, instead of looking at those people that were getting over and all that they've decided to not go back one era, but to go back like four, like, like they, they want all these, you know, 300 pound guys, six foot six, um, you know, four, seven foot, 400 pounds, uh, you know, just, just going back to big people, hot blondes. Well, there's less standard for the women, but you know, blonde twins, um, this is the same company that has always been uh, the NXT should have like, you know, it was never going to work. Uh, I'm sure James can probably go into that uh, more of um, what he, you know, like what some of the downfalls were, but you know, from what I was seeing was, you know, they were, they were never going to push the people like, we wanted them to like, and we had to see it over and over and over and c- continue to ask why we were seeing this. Like when Shinsuke Nakamura is losing to Jinder Mahal, when we're seeing Baron Corbin be pushed harder as a main eventer than uh, <laughs> fucking ricochet shit like that, mm-hmm. like has happened for years and years and years. Like they don't get it. They will never get it. Um, NXT was an annoyance, a nuisance to them. It was a nuisance to a lot of their fans and it was, you know, it, it was an era in, in in wrestling that, you know, like let's like they wanted to try to corner, you know, ROH. They wanted to they wanted to get them out to paint. And then ironically, you know, ROH had their last show this weekend. They wanted to get ROH out to paint and they were terrified of New Japan. So that's what NXT ended up being. Like it was like, who can we take? We'll take fucking Finn Balor. We'll take uh, Kevin Owens. We'll take, you know, Nakamura, Shinsuke Nakamura, Zane, Samoa Joe, Kevin, Sami Zayn. Uh, Adam Cole, uh, Drew McIntyre. We'll, like, we'll take all those people or whatever and, and put them under our umbrella. Gargano, and, Riddle, Keith Lee. Yeah. And then, like, you know, eventually that, that, that talent, like, that dried up because, like, you know, the faster they were signing people, the less buy-in that was happening um you know on the way into the promotion for a lot of the people so like you know all of a sudden you know you're trying to flip the switch on bronson reed it don't quite hit the same or whatever as it would have for like shinsuke nakamura or something like that and i think you know i think nxt just like it folded in on itself i mean it was 
it was a thing that was destined to not um, last forever, and it it was just that it was so good as it, in in our, in from 2016 to 2000 beginning of 2020 that it was like you never thought it was going to end. Um, I think for most people got blindsided by by what happened, but ultimately, once you put it on TV. And once you give it uh, to uh, battle AEW, um, the the or let's say the um, the the barrier for success changed, right? Like before, it was just all right. Um, we have some got some people that are ready to be on TV that we have found that we have quote unquote found or discovered or whatever you want to call it, whatever the fuck I don't know the exact phrase, but like people that we have signed that. Don't have any uh, ex- ex- extended indie resumes, whether that be a Baron Corbin, whether that be a Jason Jordan, whether that be a uh, um, Gable, whether that be uh, you know Bianca Belair, Velveteen Dream, whatever Bailey, whatever. Like even with a Shimmer Run, same thing for Sasha Banks, Charlotte. All that, like we have this place where we can send, where we can send people and have them wrestle some uh, people that are talented. That like we don't necessarily have, um, don't necessarily set uh, set Vince's vision of pro wrestling slash sports entertainment. And they had a deal. They had a very um, underdog spirit to them while still being because of where they were the building they were running out of in full cell while still being a part of the gigantic multi-billion dollar um, corporation that is WWE. So it had its charm. And um, as you mentioned, like once some of the agendas change, whether it's Triple H wanting to put more talent into it because of what um, what he uh, what he thought could be a third brand potentially, t- touring brand potentially, or and... Um, them wanting in on every single um, region of the world's talent to basically get every dime bag of pro wrestling to where they are pro wrestling more than they already are. Um, I think all of those came into play of what it came into. and But as that came into it, like all that talent was coming into Central Florida um, in that Orlando area in... God damn, they put on some great wrestling. They really did. Um, and with all of that, you had people that like that. Even with the Finn Balor's, even with the Adam Cole's, even with the Drew McIntyre's, um, even with the Io Shirai's, they had people that broke through in a way that they never imagined, like a Johnny Gargano, like a Tommaso Ciampa. Um, Tommy would be another person that uh, Alistair Black, another person they thought like they bring in and they're going to just show off as, you know, someone that's already established on the Indies as a gigantic star, done the PWGs, all that. And we're going to um, bring him in and maybe he can be the next Kevin Owens, like someone that the indie created. Everyone already knows. Um, and he has that, he has that track record of, of success. So the, the hardcores will love him and the hardcores will vouch for him. Therefore, it's just a matter of time before who who are, the, who are biggest attractors when it comes to people shitting on our, our crowds or our booking or who we push. So if we have enough of those guys, 
then they'll get behind then we'll they'll get behind it because like those aren't just WWE factory guys. Those also be um people that give you a sense of let's say hope or a sense of a beginning of a revolution or a change point in pro in pro wrestling in WWE. And for every Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, um Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn or whatever else, um We should have known better that it was never going to work, but they kept giving you a, a steady supply line, a new hit of dope to think, make you think that it was going to eventually, the game was going to change further and further and further. And we got, you know, CM Punk as the, the, uh, we got CM Punk as a 400 reigning WWE champion. We got Daniel Bryan main eventing WrestleMania being Triple H. Um, we got AJ Styles. Uh, you know, being the man on a brand, the man on a brand, carrying it and having the match that he would have had if he was in New Japan, but in WWE, um, for the world to see. And in 2016, like you get that CWC with Kota Bushi and Zack Saber Jr. and Gargano and Ciampa and um Cedric Alexander and and everybody else, and like that was just great. And like to see all of that talent and then ha- having the um the people that didn't you know stay or whatever but like a couple of you just didn't stay like for example Abushi and, and Saber but like most of them did most of them got signed and Eichner's another one that ended up getting signed and like that core talent to go with um a year later like Adam Cole Red Dragon Roderick Strong comes in um, Athena comes in and she's Ember and she's Ember Moon. Oscar comes in and and this is at the end of like the first batch of those people that you loved uh, when they first came on the WWE Network, whether it's the Horsewomen or it's um Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, uh Finn Balor. You get my point. And like, Gargano was a part of that that like wasn't expected to, to break through because they had bigger plans or whatever else and like these shows kept getting better and better and better and these matches kept getting better and better and better and um but as it's time to keep and there's so much talent that you have to keep recycling because that's the lifeblood of pro wrestling is new fresh matchups making newer stars not getting stagnated like that's the that's the, that's the biggest difference between New Japan uh, three years ago and New Japan now is like how excited are you going to get for Naito Abushi? <laughs> how excited are you going to get for Okada Tanahashi? Okada Sonata, Jesus Christ! Right. That's just that's the life of pro wrestling. Like, and once once you. Once that next group of people um, don't show up because they're starting another promotion to go head to head, that was gonna that was always going to be a thing that was gonna come to that was that was, that was going to be inevitable. End, but once you also put it head to head to try to stay to try to cut them off at the pass, people look up and say, "Hey." Fuck that. NXT NXT is fun and it's great and everything and it's a, and it's the easiest breeziest hour you of pro wrestling you ever want to see with no commercials. But 
it ultimately still is, was always the machine. It was just a more fun machine. And the lifeblood of any pro wrestling was to, to rage against the machine. In my, in, in my lifetime, or let's say or my lifetime pro wrestling, it was always ECW, Ring of Honor, um, and, you know, Impact getting into that, you know, trying to be a middle ground between the sports entertainment of WWE and Ring of Honor. But PWG comes up, like, it was always the lifeblood of, like, we are not the we are not the big bag machine. And like not, I'm not saying that AEW isn't some big man machine. It is. It's just it's it is it's uh is one that is more accommodating to trying to be light and not trying to uh cut off and control pro wrestling because ultimately you know you can't do that. There's too much pro wrestling around the world to try to do that. Vince has gotten so successful that he thinks he can. Um he's found out, he fucked around and found out. Um, so for me, um, back to my point is like, that venture was going to happen, but once you have that and the fans, um, now have something to look at, like to go with, wait a second, this is always part of the machine. Like it was like, you know, and drug I dealers, remember at the time, drug I, I dealers sell like, drugs, crack or crack dealers sell crack and a white man get paid off all that. That's ultimately yeah. what that was with NXT being so successful and being so great. And the other part about that is like, <clears throat> This was a top-down failure where you get to 2016, they have the bet uh the main roster has the best pro wrestling big match wrestling they ever had, and then they said they, they literally just said, Nope, we don't want it. Like, we want Brock Jinder we Mahal. Want, we want Jinder Mahal as John Cena leaves. We want Jinder Mahal as a champion because we want to try to uh get into India as a as a, as if that's gonna be like one creatively successful or anything for the, the domestic fans here um, or or good television like it's just all, all or like just, or all a smart was, strategy at all because like you know Jinder Mahal was Canadian and like do you think Indian like the Indian people are stupid like, but, <laughs> like that's why I didn't take like right. <laughs> it, it, and it's also um, well I, I think the thing was just like that is that was the the, the 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 line where it was like, okay, they make a shit ton of money doing things outside of pro wrestling, and they've always called themselves sports entertainment to uh, in a way to uh, kind of excuse whatever they want to do that is like makes no sense, and they'll say it will explain it later, or whatever. Like you know, sure but, they will. Let it, let it play out. Right, 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 right. Um. But ultimately, it was like that was one of the biggest like tells to everyone at the time. It's like, oh, this isn't sports entertainment. This isn't pro wrestling. This is a content factory that is worried about dominating the world. And they figure we'll get somebody up out of the bullpen that was cold as a block, as cold as the block that sank the fucking Titanic, the Titanic. And we will just make them, them the 50th champion in this fucking company's history. And then we'll we'll just take them over to India. And, like, we'll just we'll just make so much money. Regardless of, like, even, like, delving into, like, what would happen if you tried to actually uh, make money in India. They were just trying to expand markets because the IP, because, like, you have stockholders. You always got to try to maximize profit. And... And that's like, led them have, to stuff like Saudi Arabia. Right. That's what you see in Saudi Arabia. 
Um, so once you have all of that stuff going on and there's no, no concern for how good the, the, the TV shows that the fans are watching is, then you start looking at like what, what, what is happening with the developmental to where it don't matter if this person was someone they found off a football field. It don't matter if it's someone they found off of, uh, <laughs> off of the, the mats. <laughs> it don't matter. Like Vince sees them, they don't. He doesn't. If he if his person doesn't fit a certain look for whatever reason, whether whether is Vince um, is taller than them. Vince is whether he's taller than Vince, or whether this person is ta- a has to be either a taller than Vince or b have a six pack or c be somebody that Vince wants to fuck. Like it just doesn't work um, for these people in the long run. So. You start seeing people over and over and over repeatedly have to after getting over in front of the 400 people and then also getting over in front of like 15,000 people on uh, three, four times a year on takeovers. They show up in front of Vince. Vince acts like this is Vader and like Vader has his name, but like I ain't never seen Vader. It's like, but, but never mind the part I never seen Vader is like. It's as if I never saw Vader, but like I was also paying Vader while Vader was also doing shows that I was also like paying the rent for, putting my fucking uh, uh, satellite uplink to and air broadcasting on my network. But I'm gonna pretend, but I never saw him because like I got I make so much money I don't even pay attention to all the stuff my name is on. So making Vader wear his gear backwards so it doesn't say Vader on the front and shit. (laughs) Yeah, so he's the Mastodon. I I was just using Vader as an example of like. This is what is this was the equivalent of what was happening like twenty five years ago. We were like, how the fuck did they fuck up Vader? Is like now, not only did, not only was Vader over everywhere he went except for in WWE, and then was over after it's Vader was over in WWE too, and now they still don't give a fuck. So, um, all these people, whether it's you know Bailey being one of the best baby faces I've ever seen, and then Vince getting a hold of all of them of her and being like. This shit won't work, nah. even though she's already over in front of the crowd that he that he's uh, that he's in gorilla behind. He don't care. Have her go out there and be scared and like, let's make a storyline where she's never kissed a boy and all this other nonsense. And all these people kept meeting alt, alt, uh, a or most overwhelmingly kept meeting this terrible, terrible fate. Everyone kept dying at the end of the movie, right? Like, and it, it was almost like I was like, hey, this is stupid. This is right. this is pointless to watch. This is like. Like, I can't invest in any of these people. And I started checking out of NXT in, like, 2018. So it was just, like, like I feel like I saw the, the you know, the the writing on their wall. Yes, that this is your life segment she did. Horrible. Yeah. Like, the, the match with Alexa Bliss, the Kendo stick on a pole. Like, yeah. just an all-time manual on how to, like, nuke a baby face. Um, and it was just, you know, it, it was a battle weapon for something we didn't want it to like like when aw popped up like hold on and they had double or nothing and they had fighter fest over the summer they had all out and it's like hold on y'all trying to get rid of this fuck that like like no like that and and i think you know everyone you know pretty much just just pretty much rejected it and and made their choice clear like what it was and um suit brings up a great point remember sammy Zayn, like the best baby face of his generation like five years ago like yeah he's that's running around like He's running like, around like him, he's Che Guevara now. Like, yeah, what the they fuck? made him the like, underdog of the underground. And like, and that's the thing, right? Like, 
bro i remember i watched i was with swerve and it, this is when we were shooting the video back in march we were in miami i pulled up we were all kind of passing the uh controller around for the network and i pulled up Adrian Neville versus Sami Zayn, and then everyone was like, you know, going crazy over the over the uh, the match and everything like that. And I I felt like I I was in a room with like mostly WWE fans or people that wanted to say good things about WWE. Me, I don't necessarily really care, um, <laughs> but like I was like, man, remember that guy? Like 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 it was the Sami Zayn Neville title match. I was like, damn. I was like, remember that guy? Like that man should be the should be a top baby face right now and then like the room went silent like after that match like it was it was great like i just knew like yeah like one of the one of the best matches of the last decade in wwe you want to actually well fuck that when i say that i have to just say it one of the best matches in wwe history and like yeah like they had that match and like look look where pack is pack is one of the best wrestlers in the world again again right this is like after years after he left and like he had broke his foot while in WWE or ankle in WWE. He's recovered from that. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world again. And he goes in all year this year when he came out and had a match, he's been fucking fantastic. And you look at Sami Zayn and like, quite frankly, his body might be shot. His shoulders might be shot or whatever else. But it's like, we don't really know because WWE quite frankly, has always been, but, like, especially now compared to um, what there is around the world and in America in particular at this moment, like, it's retreat to plate wrestling. And you've you heard me say this for years now. I don't, like, it's really hard to evaluate how good someone is actually anymore. Like, you could do that in 2016 compared to the rest of the world. You can't do that anymore. You have no idea. Like, it's just, it's just too hard to do. It's like so, if you were if you were like grab like people of the WWE roster like that, I think I would be interested in watching. It would be like Matt Riddle, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, um, <laughs> and oh, then from there, oh, Mustafa Ali, Mustafa Ali, Ricochet, you know the the New Day, the Usos, Roman Reigns. If I could get him away from just being a heel and just had him go out here and beat ass, like yeah. But like, but you compare to like what they could do compared to what they are doing, and it's like it's almost always substandard compared to what they're actually capable of. Almost always. Yeah. yeah. And I and I don't want to and I and you know that was the thing that made 2016 WWE main roster so exciting was like it felt like they were turning a corner on that, and then like literally we get back to we get to 2017 and like Brock in that summer after like. Roman just got this fucking Braun Strowman guy over. He goes on the he goes on the rampage himself. Like he pins uh Samoa Joe at Great Balls of Fire. He pins in a four-way with Samoa Joe, Braun Strowman, and um Roman Reigns. He pins Roman Reigns, and then at next pay-per-view, um No pins Mercy, Strowman. he pins Strowman, and then like and then we get to WrestleMania 34. The next WrestleMania after that, Iceberg. And, he, and he fucking pins Roman. Is like, yo, Look, what just it will happened? Never, here? it will never get the credit, right? But that is the Starcade '97 of WWE. Yo, <sighs> creatively, shit yes. is shit has Cre- never been the yes. same. Creatively, yes, creatively, shit yes. is never. Remember how good that build up was, like for damn near up and down the card, and then we got to that fucking card, and it was like, what did you do with? Daniel Bryan, what did you do with AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura? 
what did you do with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, and it, it, it's just like, I will never forget that trip we made to New Orleans and we were all watching it at, at the Airbnb and it was just like, yeah, pass that one to Brown. WrestleMania so, 34, Starcade 97. Yeah, so yeah. as all that stuff, so as all that, and you got to say, you also got to put a caveat on it creatively, creatively, because people be like, look how much money WWE's making as if like, yeah, I give a flying like, fuck how much WWE, care. how much yeah. money WWE is making off of the television that I watch. Like, Hey man, like if you if, if you want to use some of that money to make it better. If you watch TV because of how many viewers someone else is watching, like I understand that is a um a appeal to um pop culture and mass appeal. That's fine. Whatever else, a lot of people do that. That's why people watch Super Bowl once a year, and and I, I get that. But like if you're steady, if you get satisfaction of what other people are watching, then like I don't know what to tell you. Like maybe are you gonna start watching CBS all the time and watch their terrible shows compared to like uh what's on AMC or what's on uh you know uh HBO? Like nah or Netflix, nah, like that's not the way. Like you're gonna be watching a lot of fucking bad or blue bloods and and autumn's NCISs and equalizer like not nah, in procedural ass shit like nah man that's not, not I'm about to say this are they still running jag I don't think they run jag anymore no but anyway you get my point like that that's not that's not the way so for me like once you have that effect of they completely from the main roster they turn all that shit on its head and say we don't want it anymore and then you see like. Oh damn! Like Kevin Owens isn't as isn't a person that like gets an incredible focus like he used to, and always had a direction everywhere he went. He's felt he's like he's lost a plot. Like now, damn! All right, um, what you know? Like they're telling us that si- we're we're telling us that like Becky Lynch like beat everybody for for like months, and then like Charlotte just comes back and steals her title, or, or just busts in and shoehorns her way into her triple threat match, and then like. We're gonna be mad at Charlotte. We're gonna be mad at Becky because, like, because she like blows her stack on Charlotte because, like, Charlotte can't let her have a fucking birthday because she always has to be in the fucking title picture. Even though Charlotte ain't never sold, a, ain't never got in over a goddamn thing uh, from her perspective ever. Of her. Yeah, like it's just it, it was um or maybe that's unfair to say, but or, or she was never over in the way that she was always pushed. Never. It was like, hey, like y'all are not. Y'all are not figuring this stuff out, and like a lot of this stuff is unrewarded. That we're watching, and like you look at what happened, like Dean Ambrose, I'm fucking out of here, right? Call like, up. yeah. Um, and then you get the releases or whatever else, and like every almost or the vast majority of people that they released or asked out or whatever else, like they're doing stuff successful on whatever scale that like may in WWE they would never have an opportunity to. But it is interesting to see and kind of like gives me a bit it feels a bit rewarding to see like someone like even a Matt Cardona is like shining on the indie scene and and when it was like a guy that like they they would have just had there in a broom closet forever or not an actual broom closet the person that was actually in the broom closet was Alistair Black but it's just like yo you couldn't make better use of this of this talent like that's all. That's mostly what it comes down to. Is like you have so much talent on your hands that you keep bringing them into these next wave of NXT. And I see what these people are capable of on NXT, and that's what we came back to. These people kept dying over and over and over. So that once you get to weaponizing it against a or against AEW, people were like, "Yeah, we're off this." And like, don't get me wrong. Up until Portland, when they turned Johnny Gargano heel and had him turn on Champa, they were still 
create they still creatively and mesh and bell to bell wise they were still as good as anyone and they they that happened they hit iceberg they started hot shotting stuff and obviously it was funny and triple started h kept saying worse and worse right nothing and triple will h change kept saying, like, nothing would change in. and i remember saying before they even before we even got to that first week of October 2019, I said, this shit's going to change, and Triple H may not know it, uh, or may not well, believe it, but it's, it's coming. And then sure enough, like, it, it also got exacerbated by the pandemic, but it was still going to go down. And it went down hard. And even for every th- cool thing they, they did, they still kept, like, doing weird things. Like and shooting themselves in the foot. Like, yeah. Just- yeah. And, like, the Johnny Gargano thing, and Barza, how many, like, interesting things he figured out how to do over that, uh, wow, from uh, from February 2020 to now, or to basically, like, a year and a half, it's like, it still wasn't nothing like that peak was. Not even close. And it's the same, it's very similar to when they turned Daniel Bryan, he was like, we got Kofi Mania, so maybe that maybe we should count that and, and put that where in his part places like that's one of the great things he's contributed, one of the great works of his career in WWE, Daniel Bryan. That but shit like, was a total fucking accident. Yeah, it was an accident. But he but he still, you know, yeah. he's it's still yeah, the point that but like you look at the other stuff is like, yes, he was entertaining, yes, he was great, but he's great because he's great. It's not because he was a heel. And like you cut that off to do something less than. Like you did something suboptimal while it was still great. Like that just shows the greatness of that person that they were doing some some suboptimal still made it awesome. And like that same thing with Johnny. And like I'm glad he's gone. Like I like to see Johnny wrestling, not Johnny heart and soul or soulless and heartless and whatever the fuck that was in a way. Like they they made me chuckle. They were funny. I enjoyed the act of you got big you got little ass Johnny and little ass Candace with these these gig, these gigantic human beings as their as their dumb ass kids, but. He's out of there, and I'm happy. So, like, yeah. I, you know, Kyle O'Reilly going too. He yep. got beat, beat the hell by uh, Von Wagner. Um, he'll be in AW. We already know what it is. It's a matter of time. Um, <laughs> um, probably Red bring, Dragon. Soup brings up something that I I actually saw on Twitter that is fucking like four five D chess. Well, uh, um, do we really think that this is all the Machiavellian plot from tw- the twenty some or the, sorry the thirty year scam? Or a con, it's, it's 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 in play. It's in play. It could be. It's in play. Yeah, like because so it's like, like, all right, they didn't get that first contract. Was it the TV deal was two thousand? Okay, their TV deal was two thousand seventeen, right? When they got the new deal. Yeah. Uh, and they end up signing with CAA before because the previous TV deal. So that's like two thousand fourteen, fifteen, or fifteen. No, like two thousand thirteen ish or 12-ish, their TV deal wasn't as good as they thought it was going to be because they negotiated their own. They end up going to CAA. It's like, all right, well, like, who's who recommended CAA to them? I don't know. Gotta be the rock. I, got, it got to be The Rock. It got to be The Rock. Could be. Could be. So, like, apparently, for those that don't know, uh, The Rock and Nick Khan apparently were childhood friends, and this didn't come out until a couple of days ago, right. apparently. Um, and Nick Khan's sister is the showrunner for Young Rock. Awesome show. I recommend checking it out. Pretty pretty entertaining. Um, but yes, The Rock, and and then Nick Khan is essentially like, you know, if Vince dies, like, Nick Khan's going to be running this shit. He's the president of WWE now. Um, 
and some have surmised that The Rock has taken this long con, this long journey to fuck Triple H. Like, after all these years, it, it's a finally stand over for once and for all. <laughs> and as a man that loves a good wrestling conspiracy, I feel like this is steak on the bone. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a possibility. Much like we talked about the Jeff Hardy thing um, or whatever else, I, I, it's a possibility. Um, oh, I'd be remiss if I did not mention to you before we move too far away that, like, uh, while we were talking about NXT and the Johnny Gargano segment or whatever else, I hopped my ass on Pro Wrestling Tees and I decided to get myself a Johnny Gargano shirt, one of the new ones. So, just wanted to put that out there. At, I don't want to slip uh, my mind. You know, I think that's a pretty interesting thing. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, we'll see, man. Like, I, I, maybe Nick Khan does take over WWE. I don't know. Like, does it make the show better? Is that gonna make the shows better or worse? I don't know. Yeah, no idea. Like I mean, maybe, like who knows? Like you know, people worry about like s- institutions. Like it- it's interesting because like um over the weekend, Oregon football um because Oregon's football coach just left um to go to Miami. Uh, Mario Cristobal. They just hired uh Georgia speak, speaking Espanol at the press conference on you yeah, boys. Yes, he did. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. How about that, Brian Kelly? Yeah, Brian Kelly ain't ain't finna speak no Creole at the the fucking LSU presser. I can guarantee you that. Uh, Or or French. But, um, yeah, so Chris Ball goes to Miami. So Oregon uh, ended up hiring uh, Dan Lanning, the defense coordinator at Georgia. He's one of the better recruiters in the country. Um, So a lot of, like, this was been built up. Like, the, the Oregon football... They've had more success than you with than you think on initial thought. Like obviously they've been upright of late, like the last four years. But like they go back to Achilles Smith, they go back to Joey Harrington, and now Mariota. Like they 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 are they, they're j- just below that level. Like they're not a blue Dennis blood, Dixon. but they've been around. Dennis Dennis Dixon? Dennis, right? Like they have been. They're not a blue blood, but like they're literally like if they ever ever punch one in and get themselves a national championship or two in the next 15 years, they're a blue blood. Um, with no pipeline national talent, but whatever. Um, but because, like I said, institutions, like, they always want to, you know, pick inside, and, they always, and they're questioning their identity. Like, if, you know, we talked about um, Rob Williams and Coach K. Like, Coach K, this is last year, Rob Williams retired at the end of um, last season, right? And... You always think of like who's the next coaches, and it's always going to be somebody that uh, in places like that that have a family and reputation of institution. Like they naturally want to pick somebody that has been that is a part of them, a part of that you know society uh, or whatever else. And it's like that's not necessarily for the best. Just because y'all, just because like uh, Coach K and Dean Smith were these, you know. Super successful people does not mean that, like, he also, they also, like, uh, reached out and nurtured another mind that's built for this, necessarily. We don't know that, right? Like, that's the reason why USC is not. I can't believe John Shire is going to be the next Duke coach. Right. Right. Like, I just, like, watch it. I'm like, bro, I fucking saw you in college. Like, what the fuck? Right. Like, he ain't 36 yet. How old is he? 30 what? Bro, he's got to be my age. He might be he might be a couple years older than you. Yeah. But you my point like he's going he like yeah. he's not he's not even 35 yet. He's gonna, he's getting like the second best job in the country. 
He's so, 34. There bad. you go. So he's my age. Yeah. yeah. So um, you look at that. All, all of, Everybody wants to do that. And it's like Oregon football, when um, when they were looking for a new coach, they were like, well, let's let's give Justin Wilcox the coach of Cal- at uh, University of California, let's Berkeley. Let's give him a shot because he's a because he played with Joey Harrington as a um, as an all conference like linebacker or something, right? And it's like you don't just because he's he had he's a coach somewhere else and he was also you know from Oregon does not and he grew up in Oregon does not necessarily mean that he is a he is the right choice for Oregon football in 2021. You just assume that because you think he he, he owes a special place for and a love for this place that like all y'all fans do, and that's not huh. in like look. The only thing that determines whether or not you are an actual whatever you insert place here, like whether you're in Oregon case is a duck, in uh if if Florida State would say a Seminole, and in, in Miami be a hurricane, is if they win or not, right? Like you know so. That didn't happen. They ended up going with Dan Lanning, and then you saw that like Achilles Smith, uh, Harrington, a few other players, like they sent letters in saying that like you know this before they actually hired Lanning, but like they were like, hey, like maybe I should give Wilcox a shot. Like they were all like, give us, give us our guy, and it's like, hey man, you might want to look around. Like that Randy Shannon shit in Miami did not work. He loved he loved Miami stinking draws and wasn't Hurricane. That shit didn't work. That's not necessarily Sam Dunk, but like. You don't know what you have until you have it. And like Tony Khan, or sorry, not Tony Khan, but Nick Khan, like as the possible successor, like maybe he'll do better than Triple H would have. Well, we don't know. He has no track record. We had a track record on Triple H, and it was pretty damn good. Um, and he also had. A, and you look at when we talk about this all pretty often. You look at what uh. Tony Khan is doing with the people that Triple H also did something with, with that Vince had nothing for, and it's like you tell me you had a better idea of what pro wrestling is, it should be, or sports entertainment is, it should be, in 2021 and going forward, Vince or Triple H, and we'll see what Tony Khan has, but I see Tony Khan cutting people left and right with regard with no regard for storylines, no regard for nothing, just making sure to like, hey, this person is less, this person making more money than what's affecting what they are doing for us, get rid of them, and who knows? Does that mean he knows how to run um, pro wrestling? No, no, not at all. But we'll see, I guess, in the, yeah. in the decade or so. And it seems like they've um, they've taken the model. Like, why are we spending so much money on all these people? They probably overpaid to get in there, and then we don't have anything for them. And then they've completely downscale NXT into some like, hey, money ball value type shit. Um, so with this NIL thing now coming in. Uh, I saw a lot of people on both sides of this debate because apparently everything has to be both sides. Um, it was, you know, a lot of people was like, like obviously doing the same dunk. Oh, you know, every great wrestler in history was was a football player, da, 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 like that. I'm like, well, oh, really? Like, they got. They, I, I, I didn't like, know they I'm had like, football in Japan, but okay, or Mexico. Yeah, yeah, like, and I think. You know, I think they're referring to America, but like, I'm like, yo, at least in WWE's track record for like every Brock Lesnar, there's like 10 fucking other guys that like we've never heard of right. and just wash out completely. Right. And all I'm saying is like the people that have been the most over in WWE, none of them have come through and been like what they wanted this last like, 
thing, you know, with the football players and the the six six guys, the people that they 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 want to typecast the very stereotypical casting that they're doing. I think they should keep a more open book um, as far as talent recruitment. But if they want to hand over, like if they want to section themselves off into like teaching people how to just do these six minute TV matches, like I I guess, but like that doesn't make for really good wrestling that just makes for content as you were saying earlier yep um and you know the with the nil thing it's like they get it's not like a real contract they're signing with wwe they get access to work out in a performance center they get media training and then if they complete the program they wwe can offer them a deal um, I hope this is another case of some of the athletes getting a check from WWE because free money's falling out the sky. Uh, because I feel like athletes need to go ahead and get that. Um, but it's like I don't, I don't see the point in like locking yourself off, like in boxing yourself into, hey, we want this one kind of thing. Like it's, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, it don't. You know, it doesn't like, and, and I, and I, and I, I think I heard some people saying, you know, AW needs to get into the NIL thing. And I'm like, I don't think so. I feel like this is a function of like a company that has more money than they know what to do with, um, in WWE, because like, you gotta like, you gotta have a place for these people to go. You gotta have a training plan in place. You have to have a lot of like, and WWE has the resources. Unfortunately, they don't have like the talent development, like, you know, and that's like, the, the that's the main issue here like like you know you can you can put any motherfucker that that was a you know a third string in there you know that that you know it got some good athletic ability but like can you actually develop them like i don't know i feel more comfortable sending them to qt or dustin than i do sending them to the performance center so like i i hope aw does like if they got into the nil thing like i'm sure they could do it but like I feel like uh, it's a whole infrastructure they don't have. WWE has an infrastructure, except their infrastructure sucks when, when it comes down to it. And yes, I know Bianca Belair ran track. Yes, I know Roman Reigns was a defensive tackle. Yes, I know Brock Lesnar. Yes, I know Kurt Angle. Like, but like, the, I also know lots of. Other I also know. I also know fucking like Mojo Raleigh and like and like Mongo McMichael. Like, what do you? Yeah. In Baron Corbin. Like. I feel like people are like not seeing the other sides of this. Like, and if we can do anything on one nation radio, it's like, try to look at an issue, like on all fronts. <laughs> my, yeah. Like my, uh, my thing was always when it came to this was like, if you want to get better athletes, um, to fit Vince's vision of, uh, what he wants pro wrestlers to do or to look like fine. I don't give a shit. Can they fucking wrestle? Can they be compelling? Can they cut promos? Because overwhelmingly, it seems to be no. Um, and I don't know if how many people they have to bring in from all walks of life, from all uh, different uh, reaches of, of this spinning rock for them to fuck them up. I just, like, we we had a conversation uh, with Finishel, um the other day and about like he was saying that like NXT is better off where 2.0 is better off going off or, or them pulling NXT off 
2.0 off the air. And I was like, brother, that decision is going to be made for them. They're, <laughs> that won't be, that won't Point be, one one. Yeah, like that won't be. Uh, then my my point was like, I'm just going to read it off. It's like, it's a top-down systematic failure. Daniel Bryan returns from injury and forced retirement. Ed, he kicks uh, AJ Styles in the dick and turns heel seven months later. Roman Reigns returns from beating cancer during the WrestleMania 35 season, and he's left off the SummerSlam card uh, while three weeks into feuding with Daniel Bryan. Becky Lynch surprise returns at SummerSlam becoming, after becoming a mother and turns heel on her first night. Seth Rollins runs in and saves uh, Reigns' ass multiple times in title matches over the summer and the fall because he wants a shot at Reigns to get his Universal title back. He gets drafted to Raw. The only thing they had on TV that rewarded their fans and viewers was NXT, and they scrapped it to do some new generation era gimmicks with green talent that almost certainly will, won't be better in 15 years than the average woman in starting will be by the middle of the third year. And not, if 1996 Steve Austin uh, fell in their lap today, they, he wouldn't make it because they'd be too busy making sure that Rocky Johnson's son is only a fourth as over as he should have been. Like, we're, we're done here. We're done. Like, it's a wrap. if they could, they get, they get talent, they get molds of clay, they uh, get them as blank slaves to, to don't have any quote, quote unquote bad indie international habits, whatever you want to call it. And then they routinely have these people show up and they're like, yo, they barely know how to even throw a fucking V-trigger. Elias, Mandy Rose. And and then you look back and you find out how long they've been wrestling. You're like, yo, are you kidding me? Look, another good point by suit in the comments. 96 Steve Austin did fall in her last and he was the fucking ringmaster for half of it. Well, well, my, my point is, if you get them in the door, this is also a different era, right? He, ring, or they, WWE rarely, rarely, rarely get somebody that comes in and they succeed as their original gimmick. There's always a, a trial and error, and then eventually they keep doing stuff, and eventually it works because of a storyline or a shift in the audience or um, the martyr booking that they do where they book somebody supporting people look up and be like, that's bullshit, we're going to rally behind them. Like, it's never a... Vince's has a great idea off bat off the bat and we're gonna um run with it. Like the really only examples they have are like the shield and the undertaker. Everybody else, they were like, Alright, uh let's throw some shit at the wall and then Vince and shit stuck. And like, um, you can do that when you have the, the number one, you know, the, the most populated territory in the country. You couldn't he couldn't have done that shit in Portland. He would have been out of business. Um but yeah, like for me. Sir, Sir Sam in the comments, Steve Austin did the or did fall in their laps and they jobbed him out to every top guy and he now works for AEW. <laughs> okay. Look, I, I look. Let me, uh, Shout out to Sam. Make sure y'all uh look, y'all I have the Moss book right here. Don't you ever call <laughs> don't you ever call uh John Moss Steve Austin ever again. Don't you ever say that shit. That man was out there in this book. This man is in this book talking about how Drake Warts uh literally introduced him and addicted him to that garbage ass deathmatch wrestling, and then that man talked about how he was out here walking to the ring and with, and a, with a rubber mask on. Nah, man, nah. Steve ain't never, Steve ain't never went out like that. <laughs> Steve ain't never went out like. That. But uh, anyway, like my point is this: the talent, the, the people that you get, that's great. I don't care where you get them from. Are you gonna make them good wrestlers? Are you gonna? Are you going Look, to that's, let? That's the part that your Touch Grass uh, Federation, your Touch Grass Army, isn't 
ever going to acknowledge or consider. Are you going to make them good wrestlers? Are you going to make them diverse from uh, the the pack of people they're all teaching the same things to on the same exact ways of how to wrestle? Are you going to let them, as you see them every single day, and they and they uh, they're engaging with you, and you like them, and you like their personalities? Are you going to let them carry that into whatever they say on the mic? Or are they going to just recite lines and you're going to try to make them into actors when they're not, when they didn't get into this to act? Like they didn't, like the ones that did go to college, I can guarantee you none of them majored in fucking um, theater. None of them did. So what are we doing here? Yeah, man. I, I think it's, I think it's a broken system. Vince doesn't know what he wants. They'll be switching this philosophy up. Uh, I think people should get the money while they can. Shout out to the athletes uh, to, for for getting it. But obviously, there are lots of traps that um, you know they they could barely do some shit without the NIL. Why uh, do you have a hundred uh, future wrestlers in, in one seven, place in, in one place that has seven rings? It's like they're they're not trying to score. Like they're trying to like hope some people stick. Not even if you want them. If you want them to stick, efficiency in the mud. Go like, back in time and hire ten of them and put them in like two rings. Am I wrong here? Like, yeah, like. And I, and I think that's that's keep a part hiring, of that. Keep hiring the same indie guys you all keep hiring them same indie guys that were matriculating to coming into NXT or whatever else. And then you put those ten guys or those ten acts, you put them in the ring with talent that's way better than them, so they can get acclimated. It's not that hard. I see this literally all the fucking time in Joshi in Japan. Yeah, you know they, they got to learn how to roll and then you know do the fighting stance. You know, Rich, can you do me a favor? Can you go on cage match? Or actually, no. When was tough enough? When was uh tough enough that uh that uh, Velveteen Dream was on? What year was it? Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. So that means too that Manny Rose has been at this since two thousand fifteen as well, right? Yeah. Yo, she is a four point six nine overall. And I don't mean to pick on her. You can also go to um, you can also go to uh, what's her name? Woman's Right. Uh, Lacey Evans. You can also go to Lacey Evans. She's been around for like five years too on the load that you just don't realize. Same thing with Raquel. She's been around for like five years on the load that you that you yep. just don't realize. Yo, if they wanted to get these people better, they should hire them. They should get them bookings at places. They should have them travel these places and wrestle all these other people uh, that are going to be better than them, and eventually they'll catch up. Otherwise. They're in a, otherwise they're so far behind, and their only 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 way they're going to learn is like wrestling other people that are on their same level. That's how you get better. Never going to happen. Everybody else, everybody <laughs> else knows except for them. Apparently, like when they put Braun Strowman on the road, how long did it take him to become decent enough to have good matches? A year, year and a half. Now imagine if he had still been stuck in the uh, in the wood uh, in the PC. Um, I saw someone on Twitter say Braun Strowman showing up at Ring of Honor was like Sid showing up at ECW, but like, <laughs> except people didn't go crazy for Strowman. And I saw that, like, and then, like, I was like, oh my God, history is repeating itself. Like, 
What is going Wait, on that here? That happened. That actually happened, that, bro. So, so like, he, yes, bro. Like Ron, Braun Strowman showed up at Ring of Honor. No, the Sid part. Fuck Braun. Oh Strowman, yeah, Sid. yeah. Sid was in. Sid was in 1999 ECW, and people went fucking crazy for Sid. Like it was in like. Who's you know, the man? Went, yes, exactly. Who's the man? But um. Sid, everyone would talk about how much they hated Sid, but like when Sid came, he was fucking over as fuck. Like they had to eat that shit. The man, ECW, bro. I had no idea. Yes, <laughs> on one knee. You know, hold on, bitch. <laughs> you know, <laughs> who's the man? I had no idea that Sid was in ECW. I had no idea. That's fucking great. I need to find that. I gotta find that. I gotta go on Cage Match and find that. Yeah. Oh my god. Those of y'all that are in in the chat, send send a tweet at James. Oh my god, that was fantastic. Please. Look, man. Sid was a ten out of ten at everything but wrestling. Yep. He's a ten of ten promo. 10 of 10 physique, 10 of 10 charisma. He just stunk in the ring. He was great at everything but the wrestling. We love this is a Sid positive podcast. Yeah. The master Sid, and the ruler of the world. Yes. 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 The man of the millennium. Mr. Excitement. God damn it. <laughs> you thought I forgot about that shit in WCWD. You know, I did not. Hold on. Let me see what Sid's cage match rating is. Oh, man. You had to be there. You had to be there. Okay. This is a respectable 6.90. And that's all off the charisma and look. That's all it is. Yeah, man. Sid was awesome. But he couldn't work for shit. Yeah, man. Hey, man. Sid has a five-star match. That man was in that that 1991 War Games. So so this is like the five-star Lars. The the original five-star Lars. Okay. Yep. Yeah, man. I, I just think the thing for me is like. I watch people, and we talk about this on a weekly basis. We watch young people like get into pro wrestling and develop and get better every like every twice twice a year. We like see a huge gigantic leaps of like someone got better. Like Lady C, how we were talking about Lady C a couple weeks ago. Like yo, she was abysmal a year ago. Now she's actually decent. Like and can have good match. Like she had a good match on Saturday. Sayakamatani. Sayakamatani was somebody favorite. that's like she was very inconsistent. Now, like you put her in a spot and she can have a great match when when called upon. Micah, same thing. And and Utami, shit. First time we saw Utami, like yeah, she was good, but like we didn't know she was gonna come out here and start having like four and a half star matches every month, four and a quarter star matches every month in the main event. We didn't know that. Yep, yep. And it's just like, wh- what are we doing? Like this per- one of the. I'm sorry, Utami debuted summer 2018. Kamatani debuted summer 2019. Micah debuted in like the first third of 2019. Look at the women on the main ro- they're on the main roster right now are in, in Toxic Attraction. They've been wrestling longer than all these women. You what? You know. We have felt. I'm, I'm not saying this in a bad way to, t- to talk down on the people that like are, are aren't that good. We have they have brought these people into these positions and they have failed them all because uh, system top down is just fucked up. 
So when people fuck, fail, we just say, oh, well, da da da, ha ha, point and laugh and all that kind of shit. It's like, nah, man, they're fucked up. They need to fix themselves and change themselves because this amount of people that, that suck after you paid months or years and years of checks to to live in Orlando, what's your, retur- what's your ROI? What's your return on investment? Not a damn thing. I can tell you where uh, who is getting ROI, and that's Creator Pro right now because Hook has finally been sent. <laughs> and my fucking god, um, I am so relieved that uh, that he ain't trash. That Hook ain't trash. That Hook is good. Yeah, Hook is exciting. Good. Hook could be a star. Hook has the presence. He has the it factor. Um, when when I think he just has a really cool presence about him, and it's kind of like a mystique to him, kind of like Darby, in a, in a different way. Um, of course, Hook is young as fuck. Uh, he has great ideas on how he wants to present himself. He's got the Action Bronson song. He's got the hair. He's he's got Taz as his dad, which everyone loves. Um, for people that are not understanding why Hook has gotten over like this it's it's been going on it's like you know some of it got memed up but i really think there was always some something there with him just that that people connected with that they they saw him doing like you know we used to joke and say you know hook would do goon activity and he we all we all would hear the reports talking about yeah hook's good don't worry about he's gonna be great and i didn't expect him to blow us away in this three minute match the way he did he didn't take any bumps or anything, but we clearly saw the foundations of somebody that's like, A, going to get really good, works hard, and he just like he has it he has it. Like in if he was in NXT two I don't know what the fuck he would be doing, but he's obviously like his dad's not gonna like let him suck. And it's like he has like he just has something that is I think it's going to connect with a lot of young people and like, you know, people older and hook is just like, like it's great. Like, and like the, he's got the, like team Taz is, is cooler even now than they were. I feel like, like, you know, with Hobbs and Starks, like they had their own swag, but like hook is like their, like their X factor. I feel like, um, I was impressed for a first match. Obviously he did a lot of stuff that is like, He's rehearsed this shit, or not rehearsed, whatever you want to call it. He's practiced this shit a thousand times. Uh, but, like, I don't care. Like, so I'll tell you the same thing I told Rip Rogers uh, a couple days ago. Like, I don't give a, I don't give a fuck if your fake fighting is, is, is improvised or, or rehearsed. I don't give a shit. But, um. Like his transitions look great. Like, he was, he was in and out of shit. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, Obviously, like, the match was made to make him look really, really good. He looked really, really good. Um, Obviously, like, they showed us what they showed us. We don't know what they haven't showed us, but it's like, we don't care. Like, that's the point of pro wrestling is, like, it's a magic trick. Like, you don't need to to expose his flaws to us, right? Like, don't take him and have a 20-minute match. That'd be fucking stupid. So, um, keep him doing what he's doing and give him more as he's, as he keeps, you know, progressing and we'll see where we are. Like that is, that is pro wrestling. Like somebody has something, you keep doing it. And then as they're, as they get better at stuff and more experience and instincts kick in, you start feeding them more. You don't have to just immediately like, you know, overexpose them. So like, yeah, they did a good job with him. I mean, see what they do next with him. When his music hits, it's like 
I feel like there are grown men screaming for for Hook. Like it's like it's something crazy going on with him. Like it's I don't like, like his music, by the way. Just to be honest with you, I like I I, I do because the thing is, like me is I'm listening. Like all right, it comes out and it, like it just empty. It just sounds empty to me. Like oh, it's the white guy that sounds like Ghostface. Okay, cool. <laughs> Like, I don't, Action Bronson does nothing for me. Like, I don't mean, like, he can rap, but it's like, that beat is not something that I, like, if I imagine someone's going to play some rap music coming down to the stage, like. Ironically, I could see Tyson coming out to something like that. It's more, exactly. It's more walkout music than it is, like, wrestling theme music. Maybe and, and maybe and I think and that, maybe and maybe that, kinda, that difference kind of adds to, adds to it for, for, for people. But for me, I was just lost on because it's like. He's not going to, he, like, I understand he's he's wearing the, the uh, fight trunks, and I understand that he has tape fists, but, like, he's going to bump here. He's, like, eventually. Like, it's going to happen. So, I don't, I didn't know what to do with that. Um, but you, you admit, do make a good point. It does definitely sound more like walkout music than, than interest music. I mean, maybe that's yeah. what, that's probably where my hang-up is. Yeah, um, I'm glad they finally sent Hook. Like, he paid off, like, all the memes, all the... You know, it it was a glorious night on Twitter Friday night. We were so relieved. He didn't suck like Dom Mysterio, who should leave the business. Um, you know, I think Brock Anderson needs to re- reevaluate. You know, the the second generation kids, the ass boys, they need they need to get it like the Red Cross, like figure out what what's, what what Taz is doing. You know, and, and the dads need to fix this because like some ain't some ain't right. So what you're saying is we need to get like Andrade's dad. And 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 Taz together to the, the, the we training. Need, we we need to wake up Dusty Rose and be like, "What is wrong with your boy, Cody?" Oh my god! Because you can't be like, you gotta say, you gotta specify Cody because Dustin's perfectly fine. Dustin's a yeah. okay. Yeah, Cody. My goodness. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm not really in the mood to do full reviews of the. That's fine. Uh, of the shows uh, for AW this week, I did feel like there was a lot more energy in the crowd, and ATL got to take this L on that one. Like they went to New York, and this shit felt alive. Um, they, I thought the MJF stuff was awesome. Like him, like the the, the inverse, like CM Punk doing the uh, um, the goddamn the, the cheap heat with Long Island getting booed. It was like a preview of CM Punk as a heel, and he still got it. Um, yeah. And Everything MJF did like the first 30 minutes of the show was just absolutely brilliant. And he's going to be a great babyface one day when he's like 30. And I think it's going to be awesome. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. Um, you kind of are what you are. And like, he is just a, I won't say a dick, but he is clearly a distant person. Um, like he is not there for the connection with the fans. So, like I, he could play it well, but it seemed like he could play it up, play it up well. But you know, a lot of people feel like over time people can see through you. So I don't know, but like obviously, he can make it work because he's so talented anyway. Um, even if it's not like a fully genuine thing. So so yeah, um, I, I I don't disagree with you on that. Um, yeah. Uh, so him and Dante are gonna have the match for the for the ring. Like, what do you think happens? I think uh, Dante Martin wins. Mm, MJF slips pump? on a banana peel. MJF slips on a banana peel somewhere. It may be Warlow causing MJF to lose. 
or something like that. Okay. Uh, I don't know if Punk flat out interferes, but I feel like maybe Punk and Warlow get into something. Uh, MJF turns around, catches a fucking moonsault or something. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think what else happened on the show. Um, oh, you had... Uh, trying to think. Were the Ass Boys on the show this week? Yes. Then they wrestle... No. Darby and Sting was week before. Week before. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't want to jump over stuff, but, uh, you know, you had... Um, the the TBS match, or not the TBS match, but uh, basically like a warm up match for Riho before she faces Britt. Um, you had Britt versus Jamie Hader, and I thought they had a good ass match, and that this crowd did not give a flying fuck about. And like the last time I thought of a match like this was in AEW was the um, title match between Sheeta and and Mizunami, where it's like they're wrestling their asses off and this crowd don't give a fuck. And then eventually like they're wrestling so hard that the crowd was like, Oh shit, they're wrestling hard as fuck. And then they cared by the end. Um, and you know, like they started doing crazy shit. Like there's a, uh, <laughs> they started doing brain busters and crazy backbreakers. Uh, there was also a, uh, crucifix bomb off the second rope. Uh, that was wild. And yeah, I thought by the end, like they had a really good match and Rio does it again. Breaking news via the JML and via Twitter. Nanaya Takahashi has announced she is leaving Seedling after the 1229 show via Weekly Pro Magazine. What? She was coming oh, back man. from surgery. Someone says they hope she gets a, the decision TV special to announce where she's going next. Nanaya Takahashi is on this uh, beach cover and this all like this is this long flowing denim jacket smiling and looking happy. Like that alarms me because I'm, I'm not trying to see the nights. Like actually looking happy. That's not like, that's not the brand, you huh. know, that, you know, it's like that, that I know, you know, if it's not on TikTok, you know? Yeah. He's stupid. Unless it's on TikTok. Yeah. That's really weird. Like, um, cause I mean, she started the promotion. It's her promotion. Um, like I saw that they just got a new uh, a new ring in their dojo or whatever else, but like, kid, gotta keep in mind like this promotion is going into this year. Like it is promotion with only what Nanai, Arisa Nakajima, Yashiko, um, a players coach that is or players ref slash uh, and uh, Natsuki Taya who's been retired since 2014. Um, and two, you know, young girls like uh, Rico Kaiju and um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Hor- uh, sorry, uh, Onori Hana. So, like, it's only a five-person roster of full-time wrestlers plus a ref that does high-speed shenanigans. And then it's freelancers that come in left and right to, to you know, fill out their cards. So, like, Yashiko, she, has not, she still has not returned. Um so with no Yoshiko, no Nanai, it is literally like it is just Arisa Nakajima as the only adult. Um Wow. Man. Uh I I don't know. Like, I mean so so the the um the last show of the year, the um I believe this I I, I think it's on uh twelve twenty nine too, just like the uh Sumo Hall show is is at Corgan Hall. Um Stardom Sumo Hall show. Um the main event is Mizunami versus Arisa Nakajima. 
Um, and then the semi-main event is the winner of the tag team um, tournament versus the tag team champions, Anai and um, Hiroyo. Uh, now, like, there have been, you know, um, a lot of Joshi wrestlers that have, like, either asked to leave the company, leave their companies, or asked to freelance this throughout this whole year, and, like, they have just, like, disappeared in the thin air and have not, you know... Where is Jungle Kiona? Yeah, Jungle had a setback in her her knee thing, so, like, she's working on that, but she's going to come back, but we don't know. She, she said she's going to announce where she's going to show up. We haven't heard it yet, right? No Jungle. Um, like, uh, the top were, what, three... No, four of the top five wrestlers in Ice Ribbon, or sorry, uh, three of the top five wrestlers in Ice Ribbon all left. Uh, Maya Yuki, Risa Sarah, um, who else was, uh, blanking on her last name, but, um, not, not Sariano, she's a freelancer. Um, whatever. Like, that's happened. Uh, there was a top rookie in Tokyo Yoshi Pro. She left. Um, Wow, so JML said the rookies are retired too. So like, yeah, man, there, there's a lot of hell's stu- going on out yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on where it's like, all right, like, where are these people going? Because like they're talking like. Also, you look at Marvelous, right? Like they had three. Like they had Habiki, they had um, Koto Shindo, and they had um, one of my favorites, uh, Meiho Shizuki, who's basically like, uh, more like a. Is another Azumi, except like she doesn't have like the custom creative player moves. She just has mm-hmm. like all the basic high speed stuff, and it's awesome. Like you saw her in a match with what was you know yep. on the Marvel's fifth anniversary. She's awesome, and like they're nowhere to be found either. Like they haven't done dates either. So it's like it's almost like maybe somebody's running a fed. I don't know what's going on, but it's like where's all this talent going? Because like they're all like either at, Rossi all asking is, to is leave. buying them. Rossi is buying them and is sticking them in the GZA5 bunker. <laughs> and, you know, they're all going to get pulled out when the year changes over. But um, That's crazy. we'll come back to that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, winner is coming. Uh, yes. Carl Sheeta and Serena Deeb. No DQ match. Um, their third match. So more rematches are slowly seeping in. Um, but at least that was over a span of what? How many months? Two, three months? Yeah. Because they had their first match before the tournament started. So, like, that's kind of traditional for what AEW was before, like, we started getting these constant, like, Cody and Lucha Bros versus uh, Malachi Black, Andrade, and FTR. Yeah. um, So, I think Sheeta's going to go ahead and get the win here. Um, Hmm. And Who do you I, think, in your opinion, the number two hill in the women's division is Jade, right? Yes. Is three uh, Nyla with a with under lock like as a lock, or is it like up for debate? Like, could there be somebody to supplant her for number three? I think Nyla is a lock, especially because she's always pushed that way. That's true. Uh, Serena Deeb is like struggle with injuries, and like it just feels like they kind of showcase her as like. This, you know, she's like a technician. She's like a Dean Malenko. Like, <laughs> um, like I don't think she actually gets like that. The okay. big push pushes like that. Okay. Um, Wardlow and Matt Seidel, kind of a random match. 
Uh, I believe I don't know if Sidel got thrown out by Warlow in the in the battle royal. I'd have to check. Um, but the War Dog, you know, getting a match won't complain about that. Um, and then we got a singles match for the AEW World Title. We got Hangman Page versus Brian Danielson. So, um, I guess Hangman's got to win. Uh, if he doesn't, that would be. I think I think the app would explode and and. You know, shit would be set ablaze, but um, I feel like Brian Danielson has carried this feud on his back. Um, Matt should be great uh, there in Texas. Uh, I hope it's great for Hangman's sake because, like, he's been a lot doing a lot of being out of the ring. I think he's had five matches since June. All right, we got to pause. We got to stop. I think we're at a point now where Hangman is showing improve enough in matches to to where like we ain't got to worry about if he's going to have a great match. He's going to have a great match unless he's stuck with Matt Hardy. Is that fair to say now? <laughs> uh, I, I feel I, like that's fair to say. Yeah, like, yeah. I feel yeah. like that's fair to say, right? Like, um, like we be we 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 both do this, but like we were like you know because he's not like he's not like he's Phoenix, where it's like it's just in a bag. If just, I don't to. think it's automatic though, right? With him. Right, right. Like, but like I think there's a, he's a level where it's like we he's going to be great unless something happens, unless something goes wrong. I, I feel like we're at that level with him. Like we got to stop treating him and talking about him like he's Cody. <laughs> got to. <laughs> when I, when I, should I save my Cody point for the end, end, end of the year stuff, or can I, or can I, or should I drop it in eventually here? I would save it for the end of the year. Okay, so I think it would be. I think we will like um, drive the point harder uh, because Cody will be nominated for an award this year. If you guys have studied the history of the One Nation Radio uh, awards and then thought about some of the Cody segments we put on this year, it will be easy to figure out what award I'm talking about. In um, I, and I and it didn't come to, I didn't come to this like conclusion until today, and I looked it up and I was like, I, oh. I asked in passing a couple like maybe a month ago, mm. a month or so ago. I was like, do we have to nominate him for insert? That, yeah, but it, it didn't crystallize to me until I was like, yo, like the worst adult in stardom is like kicking his ass. Absolutely no, he, he's he's fucking going like. We it's got to absolutely happen. So whatever so he's, he's going to be fighting Sammy Guevara on that one of the holiday bash events uh, for the TNT title. It looks like oh, so that's that's after winter is coming. Okay, yeah, um, he could he could turn there, and I would be very upset if he he's the one to beat Sammy Guevara for the championship. That would get heat with me. I'm wearing a Sammy Guevara shirt right now, so I, I Mark, I would I would not be happy. Hey, I saw you, Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Kyrie Sane shirt. This guy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh yeah, he 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 definitely have heat with me. Um but yeah, back to uh Hangman and, and Brian. It better be great cuz don't don't come out here and, and serve up four and a quarter. No. I, I want four and a half at minimum. Yes, I want yes, I I'm I'm you know taxing over the quarter star um you know, it's been a long time you know since, since you've been in the ring uh wang man so um and, and i think brian daniels is doing just excellent excellent work so it's like if he's gonna go in there and get sacrificed like this i need to be worth it mm, i get you 
yeah, I, uh, I think it's gonna be good. I, I expect to, I expect one of the I expect that it'd be a match that like can contend to make my ten favorite matches of two thousand twenty one. Um, they both have the talent to do that. Um, it's gonna be the big. It's gonna be the last big match they or big show day. Matt, I'm sorry. It's gonna be the last big match AEW has for the rest of the year. So yeah, I expect them to go out there and kill it. Yeah, Cause obviously, cause look, because obviously uh, Brian Dance is motivated to go out there and kill it. Yeah. So um, yeah, I guess there's only um, one thing left to do, James. We'll go ahead and hit the music. <laughs> Okay, so, um, Stardom had a show on Saturday and a show on Sunday. Sunday show's not up, but, uh, I'm just gonna run down the card really quick before we get to, uh, more or less previewing this pay-per-view that is on Saturday, the, um, Osaka Super Wars. Um, so, in the opener, they had... Um, in the opener, they had Azumi versus um, Waka. Waka versus uh, Mai in a triple threat match. Um, obviously, Cosmic Angels tried to gang up on Azumi. Azumi wasn't having that. She whooped her ass inside of six minutes. She ended up pinning um, Waka with the diving foot stomp, or after the diving foot stomp. Um, they ended up getting a, a. That is the wrong. Thing. Oh, then you're getting a, a singles match between Saya Kamatani and Roaka. Um, it is very similar to their Grand Prix match, which I also had problems with, where it's like <sighs> Saya. Tall Saya. Five foot six Saya. Saya, who won the Cinderella tournament beating uh, Micah. Can you please stop giving. 70%, 7, or let's say 65% of the match to the 17-year-old and acting like a baby face in peril. We know you're going to beat her. You're not fooling anybody. Kick her ass and make your match better. Um, did the same thing and it went the same way with a, with a flash Rana Cradle and it's like, hey, you got to come up with something more. Like, I, I, the way they've booked her since the Grand Prix, I don't see why she would win the white belt. And they should have to throw the sun off. Sorry? Trying to throw the sun off. By making her feel like she's not a star before she wins it? That's not smart. Like, they pinned her on the last night of the Grand Prix. They pinned her with with Unagyu pinned her. They pinned her on um in Osaka Joe Hall in that when they challenged for the uh, trios titles with um her with um Momo and with Azumi. She got pinned when they could have pinned Azumi. Um, she got pinned on the pay-per-view before that too Um, I forgot what she was doing but she got pinned a lot of pinning and then she won a three-way um, they, they treat her like Big E well that's not good is it <laughs> they treat her like Big E <laughs> so um since she won that match, she has she has uh, she has won um, a couple match, but it's like you knew 
that you were going to put her in some main event of your second biggest show of the year. Like, when you knew that you had two months to get her ready for the sub-main event of Budokan Hall, she didn't lose a fucking match from January, uh, from the first January show until Budokan Hall. Change of philosophy. Yeah, I guess. This was not... So, like, I don't know. Um, maybe she still does win, but, like, if, if she if she is or did, then, like, I don't know why, because, like, I can't remember the when, when Arissa won the white belt. Yep. She did not lose a single. She did not get pinned a single time until she won the white belt. When Shit. when Julia won, she did not get pinned a single time and started until she won the white belt. When Tam won the white belt, she did not get. She got pinned one time from October third until March third, and she got her. She got her pinned back. Yeah, man. So I, I you know. Um, maybe she wins or whatever else. Like, and maybe that's a part of her underdog, uh, underdogness or whatever else. But like, it ain't a good look if she does win. But we'll see what happens. But either way, I expect her and um Tam to have a way better match than they had, um, in uh Fourth of July, and that was still a really good match. Um, so while she was working with bruised ribs because uh Nasco hurt her, can't wait till you come back, Nasco. Um, so. Uh, match after that, you end up getting, um, so this has been happening. So, because they've been having Momo tag with individual, the individual wrestlers, uh, in two versus two tag matches of Queen's Quest. So, like, Kamatani's already, uh, wrestled with Momo. Um, they had, in this match, they had her and Utami, and then, like, on the Sunday show that's not up yet, it was her and Azumi, and it's like... Are you, can you make it even more obvious that this is like the last time you're going to see her in Queen's Quest? Like, uh, so it was her and Utami versus, uh, Mayu and Lady C. And, uh, it came down to the stretch where it was, um, Lady C and Momo. And Momo went out there with her and they had a fun little ending of the match before, um, Utami is, uh, helping Momo, um, with a double team move. And then she ends up hitting her with a B driver and getting the win. I thought it was a good match. Uh, and it's like another another match is going to get in, in the sixes or whatever else on cage match. And it's going to just add more division between, uh, more separation between um, Cody Rhodes and a woman that is like thir- now like getting into her 13th month in the biz. So whatever. Um, uh, so next match after that, you end up getting um, Tam and Unagi versus Hazuki and uh, Kaguma. Um, Bro. Big E lost a match to Lashley, even though Lashley had two matches earlier on the show. You're fucking kidding me. So maybe, so maybe, just maybe, I shouldn't be so mad at the booking for for Saya Kamatani right now. Correct. Okay. She, she she's being be- booked better than the WWE World Champion. Jesus fucking Christ. Um. So yeah, uh, they had a good match. It's uh, it is continuing with what has uh been going on with. Unagi and Azuki, where they got smoked with each other after they went to a 15 minute draw, um, before their uh, both their title matches on the Osaka, I'm sorry, the uh, Tokyo, no, the Kawasaki um, pay per view, uh, and then um, Tam and Hazuki, they went out there and they did Tam and Hazuki things with each other. Ultimately, the matches were going to a 15 minute draw with uh, Unagi and Hazuki in the ring, and then. Um, Tam and Hazuki look at each other. 
and uh, Tam sticks his tongue out at Azuki, and Azuki like mo- looks at her and emotions like I want to, sh-, you know, puts her hands around her waist like I want to shot the belt, and then Tam smiles, and I was like, well, if they're gonna be if they're gonna be Kamatani like that, I would like to see a Tam versus Azuki white belt match uh, in the, in the near future. Very uh, very much, please and thank you. So we'll see how that we'll see if that actually means anything or if that was just you know shit talking. Uh, and the main event was Oedo Tai versus uh. The four members of Queens, or not Queens, but Donald Armando that wasn't um, um, Julia. Julia was actually sitting at ringside. Apparently, she is from um, the Shiba area in Japan. Um, so, like, this was supposed to be a hometown show for her, but obviously, she's not cleared to wrestle yet. Um, so, you end up getting Konami um, in there, and, you know, Konami's winding down for now in stardom. So, like, you know, Konami wants to work with obviously Shuri and then obviously, uh, and then, um, Mike also wants to work with her. So like, basically, you know, you get Konami and Starlight Kid wrestling their asses off against those other four. And it was a fun match. Ultimately at the end, you end up getting, um, Shuri putting away Saki and, uh, that was that show. But, uh, that, so just to get to the, uh, the preview for the pay-per-view coming up, it, this is the, um, the 10 million yen, it, it, it is remember originally it was one million yen. Now it's ten million yen, Rich. See, ten see. million yen. Why you out here playing around? So the ten million yen uh, trios. This is what I'm naming. That's not what it's actually called, but it's basically like a ten million yen trios fourteen tournament where the final match is a elimination ladder match. That's what it is. I don't know what they're calling it. It, it, it. I can't explain it or whatever else. But basically, you have the trios champions of from Donna Del Mondo of Micah, Hameka, and Nasipoy versus uh, Team Marvelous. That'll be Takumi Roja, Rin Katakura, and Maria. Uh, they will have a 20-minute time limit trios match. And on the other side, you will have uh, Cosmic Angels, Tam, Mina, and Unagi versus Mayu, Hazuki, and Kaguma. Also a trios match, 20-minute time limit. And then the final will be the winner of both of those from either side of those brackets in a elimination tag team ladder match. Uh, so basically, they're putting the money in the ha- in a briefcase, putting it spinning the bu- in the air, uh, and they're having a ladder match that is also elimination rules where you can pin somebody and eliminate them from the from the match. But you got to win. You have to climb up and go get the uh, briefcase. So um, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I, I, I shudder to think what Mayu might do with her out because she's out of her mind. Hazuki also uh, is somebody that, that's not above jumping off a ladder and doing something crazy. So we'll see what happens. Um, so the other two matches um on that card because that's gonna that's three big matches right there that's gonna spend a lot of time uh you have shuri in a three-person gauntlet match uh she will face lady c there's no order we know the order of where they're coming out but like she'll be facing lady c waka and mai um i believe all these i believe all these matches are running under a five under a 15 minute time limit so uh yeah, like she's gonna beat the shit out of them, four, out of them three. Like, hopefully, like Lady C comes out last and gives her a nice little, you know, ending or whatever else. But ultimately, you know, it's gonna happen. Shuri's gonna beat her too. So, but. so this is like 
We Shuri, have nothing for you on the card. That's what this is. No, this is like one of those matches, exhibition matches George Foreman used to fight in the 60s where they used to send out like five guys in one night and see if George Foreman could knock them all out. I'd never heard of this before. <laughs> Bro, in the 60s, like they used to send, like they used to have like George Foreman be like, I will fight all night. And like, wow. there's like five, six people and Foreman would beat them all. Like, and they will all be like bump tomato cans or whatever. Well, well, yeah, like I will fight all night except like 15 minutes <laughs> for 15 minutes. Right. Um, Hold on. I, I, I will find the, the right. full backstory. <laughs> all right. So uh, the main event will be uh, Queen's Quest, Momo Watanabe, Utami, uh, Azumi and Kamatani versus Queen's Quest, um, Starlight Kid, Konami, um, Saki, and uh, and oh, Waka. okay, he was trying to scare the shit out of Muhammad Ali, and he fought five men in front of Muhammad Ali. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so. He was trying to, and he did this after the, his loss to Ali. He was trying to demonstrate his invincibility or whatever. Ah. And, um, yeah, so Shuri is trying to demonstrate her invincibility by running through these these five geeks. All righty then. So, that's Can you imagine how tired you be doing that for real? Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, yeah, like I said, Utami, Momo... Uh, Azumi and Kamatani versus Roaka, uh, Saki, Konami, and, and Starlight Kid. Uh, the it's a captains match. Um, so basically, designated captains are Momo and Starlight Kid. Uh, the match continues until one of them is eliminated. One of the captains is eliminated. Um, it also is elimination rules. So if uh, one team loses. All the other three members, that team continues until the captain is around or whatever else. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Like, you know, hopefully they will have some, um, what do you say? Uh, what's the word? They will have some um, sense or constraint or whatever. And like when they, if and when they eliminate Utami and Kamatani, especially Kamatani, they will be thrown over the top rope. Not fucking pinned. I will be furious if Kamatani gets pinned in this match. I will be furious. So, uh, you know, uh, the rules are uh, the loser of the Katniss match will go to the other team's faction. Um, Momo has has said, added to the rules, that if uh, Starlight Kid loses and has to come to Queen's Quest, you will have to come off the match. You will have to be barefaced. So, like, yeah. Um, we all think that Momo's losing, uh, especially when like Konami is leaving. So that will leave a gigantic hole of like, there's no, it'd be no Konami, no Natsuko. Um, they would need somebody to fill that role. Like, yeah, I, I think, I think it's pretty obvious that Momo is going to be in, uh, Oedotai. Um, so like she would be the last original member of Queen's Quest in like the fifth year anniversary. The fifth year anniversary of Queen's Quest uh, is either just is coming pretty soon, either this week or whatever else. But yeah, like, they, they they need they need new, uh, someone to hold the jackets, hold the coats, hold the jackets, hold the coats. Yeah, because they you know. remember. Yeah, I don't even remember this, but like when Nasco won um, Starlight Kid in that match with Stars, right? She said the same thing about uh, 
about uh, Starlight Kid, like, you will be the lowest on the, on the total pole. You will be lower than the Roaka. Like, yeah, for, for what, a week? <laughs> Faction leader at 20, Rich. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I mean, Starlight Kid, one of, the, one of the old heads now. You know, you know how it is. She's been around since 2000. What, she debuted in 2015? Yeah, you know, might, might be wrapping it up. You might know, be wrapping it up next year. Next year might be <laughs> it. Furious if she like, yeah, I'm going. <laughs> you just finally got great. Now you want to leave? This is bullshit. Uh, went went the red belt in the summer and then lay that bitch down. Wow, I I think she's more white belt material, but uh, who knows? Um, yeah, man. So that's that's pretty much all I got on stardom. I mean, I guess unless you want to wrap back to this, like since we're in the Joshi space, want to wrap back to like what the fuck is going on with Joshi, where all these people are leaving and bro, nobody's getting nobody's Rossi showing up. Buying this shit up, Rossi buying all this shit up, bro. Like buying up all see, the, you all trying the to, spots. See, you trying to joke? I'm trying to figure out what's going on. All the dope spots are getting bought up. Joshi okay. is changing rapidly. Like, look, I think some shit, places it, are going it, to have hey, to shut down. But it's like, it's, it's where are they going? Be, it's only going to be two labels, James. What are the two labels then? What's the second label? The second label is run by Cyber Agent. Rich, you saw that. You sent me something a week or two ago. Uh, someone talking about what uh, what Tokyo Joshi Pro was. Do you remember what what that's what it said to me? Do you remember what it said? <laughs> I forgot. I forgot what it said. All right. If you if you feel, I will find it and, and I'll okay. read to you. So. Um, yeah, um, let's take a look at some of these comments. Uh, yeah, I can't believe uh, Big E lost to uh, a man who participated in two matches uh, earlier in the evening. And this is the champion. Uh, this is what they're doing. Um, I don't know what it, what it is, but it seems like the Universal Champion gets booked quite differently from the uh, WWE Champion. Wonder why that is. Um this is bad, bad. Uh, Hitman Punk in the comments says, not sure why they made the most prestigious, in all quotes, um, titled the Super Midcard Belt. Zach did say in the comments, new cult holder for uh, for Momo Watanabe. So, um, yeah. He, even he don't believe that. Uh, okay, so this is, all right. You sent me this. Somebody uh, had a tweet, um, and it said, "To have a full grasp of professional wrestling, one must understand that Tokyo Joshi Pro and DDT is the essence of what professional wrestling truly is." And this is what they said as they were quote tweeting this tweet. And the tweet that they, re- that they quote tweeted was, "The appeal of Tokyo Joshi Pro is that it is not a serious wrestling promotion. It is, or it is that." It has a person who likes trains. Oh, oh sorry. It is, it is, uh, it is that it has a person who likes trains and a superhero and an idol group and a dinosaur and a group of evil maids who rep- who weaponize a tray. And then there, and then it is still some of the best wrestling in the entire scene. Uh, look, man. Um, How does that go together? Look. I have talked to you off air about Tokyo Joshi Pro in like especially 2020 when I saw a list of fan voted top matches and I saw like seven of those matches and I was like, yo, 
none of these matches will crack my top 15 for Stardom's 2021, which, like, whatever. Like, the wrestling is not there at that level. And quite frankly, when you take the people that were at the bottom of the promotion in Tokyo Joshi Pro and then put them into stardom, they improved drastically. Like, we saw that with Mina. We saw that with Unagi. Um, Nasty Poi, she was already good as fuck for the first time I ever saw her. Um, now she's just wrestling better wrestlers, right? So, um, it is what it is with that. I think the top of Tokyo Joshi Pro, whether it's, like, someone that, that has improved, like Maki Ito, and someone that's already good, like Mizuki, and, um, obviously, like, um, Shoko Nakajima and, um, and Miyu and, and Yuka, they're, they're very good to great wrestlers, all of them. But once you get past that top six, it's the dregs. And, um, when I hear people talk about how good, how much better Tokyo Joshi Pro is than Stardom, um, since I started watching Joshi, like, I, I, when I, I always want to ask them, like, where? Like, in the main event, sure, maybe. Like, it's almost I, like when in, they start in, talking about all Japan, USA, women's impact wrestling. You know, uh, we always ask where the matches are, but like people start stuttering and stumbling, and the tweets not loading after that. Right, and, and you know, <laughs> and this is what I will say. Clip that. He's <laughs> stupid. And this is what I will say for someone. Um, that has watched, or for someone to talk about Tokyo Joshi Pro, like, there absolutely has been improvement. Like, they have better matches consistently now, right? Like, that, um, that tournament that Maki won, like, she improved. Like, they, they have improved too. The thing is, like, Stardom, Stardom while already being in front of them also improved too from, from last year to this year as well. Uh Right? Like, so, um... And then you also look at, I mean, it's just like with Stardom, it's just, they just have a depth cons- situation where it's like, you look at like the 12th best wrestler in Stardom, and they're about as good as like the third or fourth best wrestler in pretty much any other Joshi promotion, bell to bell. I'm like, I, what do you, what is, what is there to argue? Like, we see how good fucking Starlight Kid and Izumi are. They're like in that eight, eight and below range. Nasty Poi would be somebody that's like in that range too. And that's what's fucking awesome. It's funny. Funny how this all works, man. Like uh, I I think people get Like I uh I watched uh they Ice Ribbon different things. We didn't talk about this about the show because uh you didn't watch it, but Ice Ribbon We talked about this as far as like they didn't sell no tickets. Um for like they did Oda City, like and they did like over five hundred, they did less than six hundred tickets. For their 15th anniversary. And like their semi-main event and their main event were both great matches. But like watching that show, like outside of the last three matches, it was butt cheeks. Did it look Except like for a one d- match. Except for one it, match. Everything else it, was butt cheeks. They had like a 10 match card, four matches were one match was decent, uh, one match was really good, one match was great, another match was was really great. Did it look like a dead promotion walking? I mean, in retrospects, now that I found out that three of their top five are leaving, it kind of, I guess you have to say yes now. I mean, because the thing is, Oda City, like, if it's 4,000 people, they only put 530-some people in that bitch. So it looked, you know, it it was hard to get into the crowd because you couldn't feel the crowd because there were so little people in that building. Um, 
but like once the uh once the uh Fujita and Thekla match happened and they were killing each other, it was like, okay, I mean I, I can't kind of ignore this, and then you start getting that tag match and it was like that's some of their best wrestlers, and then you get the Sukasa versus um Sakushi match and they're killing each other and you're just like, Alright, I'm into this match even though I wish there was a better crowd, but like so like I don't think the wrestling affected it that much because by the end it was they had some really good wrestling, but like to get through all the matches, to get to the actual good people on their card is like, nah, man, they, they couldn't struggle. Their second match, like you look at some of them starting second matches on these paper on the pay-per-views they had, it's like, nah, man, no, we can't even, we can't even pretend. Like, why, what are we doing here? Why are we pretending? Like, main events, some main events, third from the top, sure. That second match, that third match, no. That's the difference between stardom and pretty much any other Joshi promotion going on right now, or quite frankly, any other women's wrestling promotion going on right now, or division. They just, ha- they have, they have 15 quality wrestlers. 15. I, I feel like there, there's cap to be had. Um, yeah. Like, all that. Yeah. So like, if you like, like, I'm not saying not to like anybody or dislike anyone else or whatever else. Like, I, all, all, all of them got to learn or whatever else, but it's like there's, there's just levels here. In even if you want to take out Donald Mondo, that's, that's still ten. That's still ten quality wrestlers. That's still deeper than the average uh, Joshi roster. Yeah, I think people gonna have to, um, they got to get down a lay down eventually. Like that's that's the way it seems. Uh, like I feel like Rossi is, uh, is cleaning up, buying out, buying you know? out. Donna Domando, yeah. Um, but like you look at like Cosmic Angels. Like or let's say let's say this, like uh Unagi, Mina, Nasapoy. Unagi or Mina and look at Mina and Unagi, like they're at the bottom of Tokyo Yoshi Pro when they had them. Nasapoy was a mid carter. Nasapoy's a mid carter here, but like she's we get to see her be fucking awesome all the time. And we get to see Unagi and Mina like improve and like get title matches and be able to do, you know, show what they can actually do over after a year of like wrestling better competition, quite frankly. I I feel like you got to take a flyer. If you're a Joshi promoter, if you are a Joshi promoter, you, you take a flyer on Mina Shirakawa and you see what you get. I don't in disagree. all cases, in all cases, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Um, like I remember, I saw a vlog of her hanging out with Thunder Rosa in two thousand um, early, like January two thousand twelve or two thousand twenty, when like she was over there and she was like fighting for their secondary title with um, Maki Ito, and it's like she was always trying to get better. He just finally got better. Um, but yeah, so that's not really all I got for the Joshi thing. Like, I just want to, I just want to know, like, is all this shit connected? Is there like some other place that's going to run something? Like what is going on? Because it doesn't, it doesn't really make sense that like this much talent has left the scene and we don't know where any of it's headed. And it's been months now. And a lot of these cases, like, um, like the, like the women in, um, Marvelous, the three that left, like they haven't wrestled since August. August. That's a long ass time. Yeah. 
Um, Jeff Hardy announced for meet and greet uh, December 18th, Illinois, and he's going to be doing his music, too. Is that allowed? Um, Will he get a cease and desist? I don't think so. Is he allowed to do something like this? I don't know. I don't know. I would have to speak with someone that um, knows a thing or two about mm. no competes. Uh, all right. Uh, I guess that's the end of the show, right? Yep. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, y'all. Um, be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using uh, to listen to this with. Um, if you're listening to the show on uh, the podcast, know that we do this um, every Monday at nine o- around 9 o'clock um, on Twitch. Twitch. At... Um, FOH is coming. Yes, yes. Uh, but as far as uh, the the Twitch, it's Rich Lot of TV. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, you mentioned FOH is coming. Is this Saturday? This Saturday um, will be recorded. We're still trying to figure out, um, you know, how how the dis- distribution of this show is going to to go. But I. I don't want to officially announce it yet until right. exactly how we're going to do it. Okay. But you guys will have the details. I would say sometime before next, the middle of next week. Okay. Um, I think also uh, still get your votes in while you can to the uh, keep it strong style 2021 awards. Um, and yeah, so uh, go to pro wrestling tees like I did earlier uh, during the village show. But uh, go to Prioritizing Tees and go to Social Suplex and pick up some official Social Suplex Network merchandise. Um, listen to other shows on the network. Um, besides One Nation Radio, you have Keeping the Strong Style, The Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show, Grown Men Watches Shit, The Grave Consequences uh, Podcast, uh, 8-Bit Suplex, All Things Elite, Get, uh, sorry, Great Match Generator, and also uh, AEW Match Guy. Thanks for listening, y'all. Peace. Later.